The views and opinions on this show do not necessarily reflect the views of ESPN Tucson 1490 and 104.9 FM or the Arizona Lotus Corporation. Got car trouble? Now's the time to talk with Jerry on the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. Call in now at 719-1490. Well, if you're one of the millions who own one of them gas-drinking, pissing, clanking, air-polluting, smoke-belching, four-wheeled buggies from Detroit City, then pay attention. I'm about to sing your song, son. Southern Arizona and the rest of you out there in cyberspace, especially the ones in the Midwest and on the East Coast that's freezing our hiney off this morning. Holy cow, what is up with the weather? I'm Jerry Simmons, your host, along with me riding shotgun Jim Mooney from Frontier Towing for all your towing needs. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Jerry. Everybody, it's a super safe Saturday. I'm on the radio. And if you're in the Midwest listening... Oh, buddy, don't drive. Stay home. <laughs> it's cold out there. <laughs> I can't believe how I cold it is out there. If you're outside the city limits of Tucson, you need to not drive. Four degrees in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, with a minus 10 chill factor. I can't yeah. even believe That's my hometown. I mean, that's that's where I grew up. No wonder I left. Uh, it, it's a total of 41 degrees here in Tucson this morning. When I fed my mules, I only had to have a, just a little sweater. Wow. Oh, well. It, hey, they can always come see me during the holidays when it gets cold in Carolina. Just catch a plane. Come on out. I got plenty of room. Well, well Jim, how they, does it feel they, to drive? Go ahead. If they can catch a, if they can catch a plane, Jerry. I mean, I well, they should be able anybody. to catch them because they're sitting on the tarmac. I'm right, watching but they ain't the, going the... nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's easy to catch. <laughs> I guess that's I didn't true. I hadn't thought about it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. I remember, of course, I'm dating myself now, but I remember a long time ago. It got real cold in Virginia, and it stayed down around uh, anywhere from about 8 to 17, 18 degrees for about two weeks. And, uh, of course, we were kids. We were bulletproof anyway, and we were out playing on the frozen snow, and we had so much fun it was, it was not even funny. And then we decided that, hey, it's warmed up enough now. We can take the uh, all the wrappings and stuff off the pipe so we don't have to dig through them to turn the water on. And uh, by the time evening come by, uh, it was they were all frozen and the pipes busted. So I won't do that. And by the way, we found out it got to 21 degrees. We didn't pay attention to the temperature. We were just used to it. But, oh, well. 
I, I, my heart goes out to you because there's going to be a lot of cars not starting. New York, upper New York, had 66 inches in one day of snow again. I'm going, holy cow. So, you know, we wanted water. We need water. We've got water. It ought to be able to fill up a lot of reservoirs and stuff by the time this is over. And then I was watching the Weather Channel, and in California, the weather's getting warmer, but here comes the rain now. So we're going to have a bunch of rain to start uh, loosening up the snow in the Sierras. And when that happens, we're going to have some flooding. We're going to have mudslides. And, you know, so it goes on and on and on and on. But brother's checking in from across the country this morning, four degrees in Tennessee and Chattanooga, uh, four degrees in Mount Airy, North Carolina, Andy Griffith's old hometown. Uh and then it's uh, six degrees in Chesapeake, Virginia. So I'll tell you, they can have that stuff. I don't miss wrapping pipes and busted pipelines and all of that crap. I don't miss it at all. How's driving around town, Jim? How how's the traffic? And then I'll give you my version. Oh, it's it, it's crazy. You can't. It, there's so much traffic out there right now, folks. It and thank goodness we have at least it's at least it's seven going to be seventy degrees today. Yes, all of you mm-hmm. out there in the Midwest, seventy seven zero on the plus side, not the four degrees hey, that hey. feels like minus twelve. I just want to rub that. Yeah, go ahead, in. Make I just got to rub that in. Make them feel bad. Make them feel bad, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, the, you think we have traffic now? Wait till yeah, you think we have wait. traffic now. Wait till everybody moves here. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, because because we have such beautiful weather this week, even though it's been you know for us it's a little cool. You know, it's only beginning up into the mid sixties, and and for us in Arizona, that's you know my gosh, we're gonna everybody's gonna freeze to death weather. But um, it, the traffic out there is pretty crazy, and it hasn't given up. Today's Christmas Eve, so you got till noon probably before everybody else decides that they're done with Christmas and, you know, everybody goes home. But if you haven't got your stuff done by now, you are in a serious hurt. So um, driving like a maniac, you know, thinking you're going to run over somebody in the Walmart parking lot because you have to get something that you forgot to get a month ago is not going to do you any good. Just saying, folks. So, um I know there's all kinds of people everywhere. You know, frustrations are high. It's panic mode. It's 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 panic mode on steroids. Oh my gosh, we got you know half a day left to get whatever it is. We got to get everything done. It'll be fine, folks. Take a breath. Christmas will come. It will go. Everybody will be happy. I hope for a for little while until they start getting their credit card bills. Um, until they get well, you know. I, I used to wait until Christmas Eve day to go do my Christmas shopping. And the reason I did is because that's when most of my buddies were out doing panic shopping and stuff like that. You know, and I I just, I look back at that and I actually laugh now. I'm going, you know, and I did it for entertainment because when people are out there and they're, they're, they're panic buying, They'll buy anything, especially for the wives. I mean, they'll buy it. They don't care what it costs. I'm going to buy this and get it over with. 
And then you hear them later on to say, I can't believe I actually paid that much money for that. <laughs> and I'm going, and you're right. well, hey, yeah, I just want to tell them, take it off your bucket list now. You got, you got it done, you know, happy wife, happy life, everything's good. <laughs> <laughs> so, and when you and and it can be for the kids as well, you know, or the grandkids, the little ones, oh, yeah. whoever, oh, you know, yeah. whoever oh, the yeah. significant. You're you're trying to find something, and 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 you're you're at critical time right now. There's nothing. There's nothing left. You know, if you walk into a store, well, first you got to wade through all the stuff that's been just looks like a bomb went off. Okay, and that's start right. to try and find that's that right. one. That one thing that you think is going to, you know, get you over the hump, you know, I, I get it, uh, you know, <laughs> but the, by the same token, you know, you, it, when you're doing it, it's just, you got to, you got to put a little, little, little common sense filter in there and go, okay, you know, is when I'm, when I'm motoring around, cause, cause when you, when you drive, when you get into the store and you're just, you're frustrated to no end, you're going to carry that right out to your car. When you carry out to the car, you know, because you're going to rush to the next place, and hopefully you'll find that one magical gift. Because you know, you're if you're like me, you're a procrastinator, and you wait till the last minute, and then you know, and then mm-hmm. you say, then you just take the consequences. It's like, oh well, let me just take the consequences that come with these actions. So, <laughs> but uh, you know, it, but it's rate, funny. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we buy our grandkids now and, and our kids and stuff. And you buy them, of course, now everybody wants everything electronic. And you buy all of this stuff. And then uh, you find out years later that, you know, and you get it on their little list of things they'd like for Christmas and all of this. And, of course, Grandma's brains fall out this time of year. And uh, they get it. And so what she would do, and she'd buy all this stuff. And I said, you know what? The best present I ever remember getting didn't even get under the tree. It was a refrigerator box. Me and my brothers got a hold of that box, and we went out and made a bulldozer blade out of that thing, and we run up and down the hills and crashed into trees and had a ball with that. We didn't even touch our presents and stuff. I'm going, and when my grandson moved out of his home, and he decided he's going, okay, I'm going to clear out my closets and stuff. He had Christmas presents that didn't even have the seals broken on the box from wow. so many years. I couldn't even remember when we got it for him. And I'm going, wow. So people, they spend a lot of money on stuff. But kids, four, three, four, five years old, if you'll watch them when they unwrap their presents and stuff, oh, they're really good. They're really good. They take whatever's inside the box, and they put it out on the floor and start playing with the box. Like a puppy dog. <laughs> and I'm going, oh, you need somebody out there or to just start selling boxes. Pre-wrap so you don't even have to wrap them. You know, <laughs> just boxes, empty boxes. And <laughs> Actually, that'd be, a good, that'd be a good gift. That'd be a good gift, an empty box. Well, Kids enjoy unwrapping them, so let them unwrap them and then play with a box and they quit spending all your good hard-earned money on something they're never going to even see. But anyway, that's the Christmas, the old stuff. Huh? So, yeah. you know, Jerry, when, when we get to tomorrow, 
you know, we all huddle around, and some people do the free for all where they where they just rip everything open, and then there's mm-hmm. some people that are the tyrants that you know assign each child a gift, and everybody watches one child open a gift at a time. I think that's when the mimosas start flowing. But after you get it all said and done, and, and you've and you've cooked the breakfast, and now it's noon, and you're all standing around looking at each other, because now you got to figure out what to do. This is what yeah, I know. Eat again. I, I, <laughs> you eat again. I, I work Christmas Day a lot of times, and I can tell you for a fact that from 5 a.m. in the morning till noon, nobody, there are no cars on the road, with yeah. the exception of traveling back and forth to the to the um, to the you know, the in-laws or the family's house, you know, that, yeah. that quick, yeah. that quick 30 minute trip, that's it, you know, but from, from, from after, once you get past noon, everybody's sitting around looking at each other going, Hmm, what do we do now? Well, what do you do on Christmas day? <laughs> well, it, so, well, it, interesting. So we get calls out of movie theaters because a lot of people go to movies. There's a lot of movies on, on Christmas day, a lot of opening day days on Christmas day. So people go to the movies because they've done looked at each other and, you know, and they, they've stomached all the family interaction they can, they can in, in for, you uh-huh. know, for five hours. <laughs> so they go uh-huh. to the movie theaters and the car won't start. Done a lot of those. The other one is they go four-wheeling. They go off for road trips so they go four-wheeling. And they go, play, they go play wherever, in the mud or create their own mud or do whatever. Done a lot of four-by-four work. On Christmas Day, because uh-huh. people got get got to get in their car and go. So when you're well, when, so everybody <laughs> when you're going, just remember, you know, check your water, check your oil, do the pre checks before you just jump in the car and, and blaze. So and keep your jumper cables and just like Jerry's told you these forever, you know your 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 basic things so that you can go to the movie theater and get out and then go home. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, we we enjoy the the season, or some people do. The older we get, uh, it's not quite as exciting as I should say. Uh, but it's 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 something when your kids get up, grown and gone, it changes the setting just a little bit. And, you know, you were talking about people getting out and going outside and going four-wheeling and uh, uh, kids are getting, young, older kids are getting motorcycles, these little 125s and stuff like this. And they jump, the first thing they get, you can't ride them in your yard, so you got to go someplace to play. And uh, so did they, did they get all the equipment necessary to be safe? Most of the time you get a, a bike motorcycle and a helmet that's it the rest of it you're on your own well there's more that gets torn up when you're riding a motorcycle than just your head i mean you can lose your arm you can break your arms your legs your ankles your hands your wrists oh my lord it just goes on and on and so and then oh it's fast it's speed i gotta have that got a need for speed you think you're in like top gun or something and uh, it doesn't work that way. So just be careful out there. You're gonna, you've got it. You're gonna play with it. Be safe. Just you gotta put some common sense in there somewhere. 
<laughs> it's nasty. But if you're if you're back east right now, it's going to be sled time. You can do the sled thing. If you go up to northern Arizona, there's still snow on top of Mount Lemon. You can go up and ride a sled and stuff like that. Uh, that's that was fun. We used to do that in um, in the hills. We used to go up through the pine thicket, and we would look down from the top of the hill in that pine thicket and say, "Okay, we can almost make it." If the last big tree down there wasn't there, well, that last big tree is about 30 inches on the base. And you go, okay, well, if I go down this hill and then just before I get that tree, I turn it up and let the runners hit the side of the tree, I can glance off of it and go on down the hill. I'm going to tell you something. That is a stupid way to figure this thing because about the time you get down there at about 40 miles an hour (laughs) and you see that tree coming up, your your instinct is get off of that sled. <laughs> you get off the sled, the sled crashes into the tree, and then you spend the next day straightening the sled out so you can go do it again. Oh, that's the definition of insanity. But that you know that was how we used to play. I mean, oh my lord, it was insane. You'd wind up in the creek at the bottom if you did glance off the tree. I mean, there was a no win. And got to remember, you're playing in the snow. That creek is cold when you hit it. And you don't always hit it the way you want to hit it. You hit it the way the sled is going to put you in it. And then here you go again. Then you've got to run in, go back to the house, change your clothes, and go back and do it again because it was so much fun. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, so when you're playing in the snow, yes, it is fun. I'll have to agree. In fact, I would still probably ride a sled down a hill. You know why not? <laughs> what's the worst? Can, what's the worst can happen? Yeah, <laughs> Hit a tree, been there, done that. <laughs> break a hip, break an arm, break a leg. And the oh. thing is that we don't heal as quick as we used to. So. Like I said, you know, we probably don't have a half a dozen listeners this morning because everybody's out panic shopping and getting their day going. For the ones of you that are out there running around doing your shopping now listening to the show, just be safe and enjoy it. It is a one-day event, Christmas. Then you've got New Year's, and hopefully nobody, you know. The one thing that every one of my sponsors, including Jim, don't text and drive, don't drink and drive, and don't fall asleep while you're driving. Remember that fatigue factor. 100% of your time should be drive that vehicle right now. Now, I was out last night, and I wasn't shopping, but I was driving in it. At about 8.30 at night, there was people coming by me like I was parked. And, I'm, you know, I drive a speed limit or less. And... They were coming by me, and I'm going, okay, there must be a fire someplace. Maybe their house is on fire because they're driving like it. There was a Chevy pickup that came by me last night so fast, I couldn't hardly tell what the vehicle was. And that's no exaggeration. And it was in a 45-mile-per-hour zone. And I'm going, oh, my gosh. And then I spotted another one. didn't even have his lights on. It wasn't a pickup. It was a little car. didn't even have his headlights on. Didn't even, you couldn't even see him. And I'm going, well, if you're trying to commit suicide, that's one way to do it. So, but that is, that's pitiful. So you need to pay attention. Make sure you've got to remember your daylight running lights. 
Uh, no. No, they don't work at night because they're, the only thing that light up is the front headlights. They don't have anything in the back end or anything like that. So be sure, and I know you pull out of a big parking lot like a Walmart or Costco or something. Well, it's Walmart because nobody opened that late at Costco. And you got the artificial lights. You got the lights in the in the shopping center, and you pull out on the street, and you got a couple of lights up there, and you just flat forget to turn your headlights on. Try to get out of that habit as fast as you possibly can, because it could be hazardous to your health. So, oh, I, on electric vehicles, changing the subject just a little bit. On electric vehicles, 120,000 Chevy Volts on recall. Seat belts and carpet could catch on fire during an accident. The recall covers 2019 to 2023. If you haven't got that notice yet, take my word for it. Uh, but call the dealership, tell them what you got, and they will give them the VIN number off the car. They will research it for you. You can find out if it's there, or you can go to National Highway Transportation Safety Authority with a VIN number, and they'll check your VIN number. It's recorded and see if you've got a recall. But it's 120,000 Chevy Volts on recall. The Volt is the electric car. And I'm not bad-mouthing the electric cars. Anything hit hard enough can catch on fire, as Jim will tell you. But uh, it's just that's the recall you need to be paying attention to right now. I'm not going to get into the recall on the other 100,000 cars. So that way you'll at least know it. Go ahead, Jim. It's an interesting recall, Jerry. I never understood how, how... a seatbelt can catch your car on fire. I, I did. I was completely befuddled by this. <clears throat> so until we had one in the yard one day, and um, so what happens is, um, and this is not specific just to Chevy. Ford has the same recall too. If you look them up, Ford F-150s got it. Ford uh, cars have it as well. Oh Lord, yeah. Because they, they make the, the seatbelt is. Um, because in the, in the manufacturer's eyes, they want to keep you as safe as possible. So what they've determined is that in order for the seatbelt to work, we need to pull on it. So when you're in a collision, the seatbelt actually gives a little bit before you feel that, you know, that little pendulum lock in the seatbelt lock. So you move a couple inches. And they've determined that that can be hard on your body. So because you stop... The car stops, you move forward, the seatbelt grabs you, so now you, you're accelerating into the seatbelt. So what they've done is they've taken the bottom part of the seatbelt and they've put a little charge on it. So it actually pulls the seatbelt tight when you're in a collision. When, it, when, the, when the airbag goes off or when it detects a collision, mm-hmm. the little seatbelt has a little charge in it. And it pulls a cable about 8 inches. And like I said, I didn't know this until I, until I started researching it after seeing one. Because the whole inside of the car will burn. This is no lie, folks. This is a really important recall. The whole inside will burn. It will smoke every single thing inside the car. It, it, will, it, will, burn all the, it will burn the seats, the passenger driver's seat, and everything inside the car is completely covered in smoke. And fortunately for us, when you – I'm going to be a little, a, little, a little crazy on this. When the car catches on fire, there's a lot of acid and smoke in, in the in – the, in the fumes, so it just eats everything. You, it, it's amazing. The 
the substructure under the car is all complete. It looks like you dipped it in rust for like a year. It, that's how acidic the the burning process is in the car. I didn't know until I looked at this, and I was I was completely blown away. So anyway, so the 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 seatbelt has this little charge in, like a little imagine a little shotgun blast, right? And it pulls the cable forward. Well, what happens when that little blast goes off? It ignites the carpet or the insulation or something around it, and it catches on fire. Well, you're sitting in the car. Okay, the seatbelt goes off, it, 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 it catches on, it smolders, it catches on fire, and now the car, now the car's on fire. So if you exit the car and close the door, the car burns till, the, till, the, till it runs out of oxygen and pretty much the car's total. I'll tell you right now, the, wow. it, 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 will wipe out, wow. it will wipe out the inside of a car. I, I, it was amazing. I saw one. The headliner's completely destroyed. Remember, the airbags are going to be deployed. But not all of them. But it, it just it just eats mm. everything away, melts all the door panels, melts the melts the dashboard, console seats, carpet. It's all gone. It's all it's all completely ruined. Even though if it doesn't look bad, it's ruined because of the smoke and the acids that come out of the smoke. The I, they took they showed me a the the CD player, the the little radio that is in one of these cars, and the and the investigator was there. And he pulled it out and he showed it to me. And he goes, okay, let's check this out. And it looked it looked like you had just it the complete was complete corrosion inside inside the electronic components and they're like okay so everything inside here has corrosion damage now we can't we can't rely on any connector to be good anymore because of the potential corrosion and resistance that's now incurred I was like wow wow that's that's amazing it really was eye opening I'd never seen it before and I was like wow this is really interesting so what the recall does. Is you go, they, they, you take it to, like, for example, this is a Chevy recall. You take it to Chevy, and they take the seat belt out, and it's, it's got this little tube on the bottom, and they wrap it. They wrap it in a, in a, in a fireproof insulation. It takes them an hour or two. I, think, I don't know if they've got to take the seat out on the, on the Volt or not, but sometimes they take the driver's seat out so they can get access. Take the little door panel off. Pull the, they don't have to take the seat belt out, per se, but they wrap, they wrap the, little, the little tube in a in a fire protective material so that it so when it goes off it doesn't it doesn't catch the car on fire. Now if you open the door and let the car go, it'll probably burn it all the way to the ground. I, I don't know, but I did see this one and it was it was really, really I mean it was tragic, but it was really interesting to see how an interior of a car burns from an interior fire. When I saw the car originally, I no lie, I thought somebody tried to set it on fire. I thought Somebody tried to set the car on fire and, and get rid of it. No, it was the air. It was the seat belt fire problem. And so I, I only relate it because I actually have witnessed it firsthand. I get to see these things, you know, post post mortem, so to speak. Um, so if you see one of these recalls on any vehicle, go get it taken care of right away because it's really really important. Um, I wish I had photos of it. I wish I did because it was it was just it was it was so it was so amazing. How much damage was done from one little source? So that's my story on wow. seatbelt recall, Jerry. Well, that, the, anything that has fire involved in it on a recall, <laughs> get it handled. You know, don't don't think, okay, well, it won't happen to me. Guess what? You can take that off your bucket list. Take that um, off your bucket list because right. it'll happen to anybody. And then when you do 
Spectre Minor Road Auto Collision Center, when you get a fire inside of a car, it's probably going to be a total. So Spectrum can paint the outside body on it, maybe <laughs> if it's still there. And uh, But other than that, uh, on a regular uh, fender bender or a crash or something like that, hopefully nobody's hurt, uh, you might want to call Spectrum Minor Road Auto Collision, 520-744-4454. Uh, th- put this on your emergency list that you keep handy so you can grab it when you get out of your car. 744-4454, prefix is 520, Spectrum Minor Road Auto Collision, 4425 West Ina Road, who also says no texting, no driving, no drinking, and don't go to sleep while you're driving. You need to be a 100% driver. I've done confirmed all this stuff. And so we're trying to keep you as safe as possible. But Spectrum, thanks for sponsoring Simmons Car Care Show through the year of 2022 for, uh, well, a few years prior, but sticking with us this year. And uh, a Merry Christmas to you and your staff. All right. On the, uh, you know, I got to thinking. I, t- I told myself, I said, sell. Now we're going to have all six listeners today, and uh, let's let's. How about the do-it-yourself auto repair? I th- I'm thinking, wow, that that'd be a good subject. Uh, let's see if I can get something that where we can actually explain it step by step to make sure that they get it right the first time. And then while I was thinking that, my brother called from North Carolina and says, "Hey, I'm going down to Fort Lauderdale over the." Over the holidays, he's going to drive his brand-new Chrysler down there, or his 2022-21, whatever, Chrysler. And I said, good, how's your spare tire? He says, don't know, haven't looked. I said, you have how many miles on that thing? 19, 19,000. And I said, and it's uh, 2021 or something? Yeah. Have you checked? To fi- have you even looked for your spare tire? Nope. Uh, have you got a can of fix a flat or have you got a little tire in there? I said, because Chrysler's one of the first ones that <laughs> come out and started taking the tires out and putting fix flat in it. And he says, you know, I don't know. And I said, you want to do yourself a favor before you leave, you might want to find which one you don't have. And, um, if you do have a little donut tire, check the tire pressure in it. And I said, you're only driving, what, 780 miles or something like that? And it's going to be a holiday, and people are not going to be, they're going to be, everybody's on a scale back uh, employee. So, you know, he said, hey, that's a good idea. Duh. Hey. I decided that I'm going to go through how to change a flat tire on your car. Make sure you know where your spare is located. I Googled mine to find mine in my uh, uh, Odyssey. Verify your spare has adequate adequate error in it prior to putting it on the car because you can put a spare tire, you can spend a lot of time changing the tire, putting it on the car, let it down, and it's flat. 
It's got about five pounds in it. That's going to get you about five minutes worth it. No, I won't even get you five minutes. By the time you get everything put away and get back in the car, the tire's going to be hollering, okay, don't roll me over, I'm dead. Um, so that's something that you want to pay attention to. Know where your tire-changing tools are located. You need to verify this. I've seen them everywhere from part of it under the hood, part of it behind the seat, and part of it in the trunk on the same vehicle. Uh, most of the time, if you're on the hood or uh, under the seat, behind the seat, they're a pickup. And cars have them normally with the spare tire, if you're fortunate enough to have a spare tire. You need to take a look at it, take a look at the parts, pull them out of the little encased plastic cover, uh, box and verify that you know what you're looking at. If you do that, it's going to definitely be a, be a plus. When you're taking the wheel off, loosen the wheel lug nuts before you jack the tire off the ground because it's not going to want to come off if your tire is up in the air and you're going to be trying to hold it and turn that lug wrench at the same time and you don't have enough muscle to hang on to a tire and the muscle, you need three arms for that operation. So don't uh, just load, take, you don't take them off, just loosen them up so that when you get it up in the air, you can take the lugs off of them. Leave the lugs on. When you're taking the lugs off a tire and you get ready to take it off the car, the last lug you want to pull off of that car is the one at top, one that's up on top. Because if that car moves off that jack, you want that lug to hang on to that tire and take it to the inside. Always pull the tire off the vehicle, bottom first. Pull the bottom of the tire off the vehicle first, then pull the top off. Because if the vehicle shifts, it'll take it to the inside and it won't break your legs or your arms. Because most of us, if you're pulling a tire off, you're going to have your legs probably right there at the corner of it anyway. And you don't need that aggravation. Uh, just a little for your information. Check your tire pressures once a month. Check them once a month. Tire pressure gauges come in all different angles. You've got digital. You've got regular slide bars. You know, just I don't care what you use. Just use something and check your tire pressures. If you secure your tire under the bed of a truck with a chain and a padlock, those padlocks have a tendency to pick up all the road debris Get inside the lock cylinder. They do make locks that are, that are, have a cover on them that protect that thing. You can assume that it's protecting it if you want to, but you need to put your key in it and try to unlock it. If it works, hooray for you. You can always shoot a little bit of WD-40 or something in there just to help protect it a little bit. And then you're, when you get ready to pull your lock off that's got your tire chained to the bottom end of your pickup, uh, it'll be all right. And I understand why people put cables and chains on spare tires on the back of pickup. My daughter lost one on a 06 Dodge. Uh, the replacement value was 
almost $300 for the tire and rim. And that was back a few years. And it was stolen in a parking lot. People, you know, there's money there. Why not take it? And the theft on on vehicles like uh, tailgates, on trucks, uh, all of that, it's still, it's alive and well. It's just kind of like catalytic converters. We don't hear that much about catalytic converters anymore. Then every now and then you'll see something pop up and say, oh, we just run across a place that had 2,000 of them. Oh, good. Wonder where they come from. People get them, oh, well, somebody stole my catalytic converter. I'll turn it into the insurance company. That goes on a record. They'll pay for it. You, you, you got it. But the insurance companies are getting tired of paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for catalytic converters. So, anyway, um, when you put a padlock on a on a lock on your spare tire, on a cable or chain, whatever you're using, you don't put that key anywhere but on your key ring. The key to get in that goes on the key ring of the vehicle that's got the spare tire hanging on the bottom of it. The one that you use, the key that you use, everybody's got spares. The key that you use all time is the one you want that key on. Uh, light lube inside the cylinder uh, allows it to work properly. Uh, you'll be happy. Nowhere <clears throat> the crank is located to lower the access to the crank to lower under the bed of the uh, truck on your spare. It'll go through a bumper. It'll go between the bumper and the tailgate. You need to know where it's at because if you change that tire at night, you're not going to have adequate lighting, and I'll get to that later on. You're not going to have adequate lighting, and then you're going to be trying to find out, okay, now how does this thing actually work? And you need to actually expand the little crank that you have because it's folded up in a couple of pieces. Expand it out. Find that knob inside. They're, they're putting them easier to find now. But not everybody has the vehicle with the easier to find knob where you just look in there. Oh, there it is. And you're good to go. Find out where it is. Know what you're doing. And when you lower that thing down, because that tire weighs about eh, probably around 60 pounds with a rim on it. So when you lower that tire down, <clears throat> then you got to pull it out, slide it out on the ground, just slide it out. Don't try to pick it up. Don't try to manhandle it and get it out because you're afraid you get dirt on it. Trust me, it's already got dirt on it. And then the fun starts when you change the tire and then you get ready to put it back in. Take a look at the bottom of the other one before you pull it out. And, okay, this is how it's got to go back. And then you'll put it back up in there. Good luck with that because most of the time it's swinging in the air when you're taking it up. It don't want to seat proper in the, in the cradle it's got under there. And so it's just a, it's just a pain in the rear end. But if you know what it's supposed to look like, then you'll have a, 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 a vision of how you want to put it back in. So you got anything on changing a tire? Oh, uh, sure. <clears throat> so one of the things Jerry was mentioning about is know where your tools are at. 
Now, fortunately for me, I happen to have a vehicle that has wheel locks on it. And I can tell you for a fact, oh. if you don't have the key, they do what their job is. You cannot get that tire off. And my luck always comes into play that the lug wrench that I have is not the same size as the wheel lock. Don't know how. <laughs> what did you what did you figure that one out? But I think it was his last day, and he said, "Watch this, folks." So uh, you go to push. <laughs> it's inevitable. You go to take the. You get every lug loose, and the last one is the locking one. And no, you can't get it off because your your, your lock is too big for your lug wrench, or it's too small. It doesn't work, and there you sit. So now you're now you're done. You're not going to go anywhere. I don't care how hard it is to get the tire up or down, or how much stuff you had to pile out of your car. You're not going anywhere. So make sure that you one, you know where the lock, the lock is if you have them. Because my always my thing is always after I get after I go through this entire frustration, I throw the lock and the key away because I'm done. Seal the tire. I don't care because this is way too much trouble for me. <laughs> But I know tires and wheels are expensive, trust me, you know. But if you have locking lugs, make sure you know where the key is at. If it's in the glove box or the console or something, because it's a little thing, you know. It's Sometimes they're just like, look like a little lug nut themselves, or maybe they're a long one and it's three inches long. But they they lay around loose. They're not easy to keep track of. That's why people throw them in their glove box, their center console. Underneath every single piece of paper on the planet, you know, the expired registrations, the, the 15 expired registrations you have in your car, because you didn't, because you, because the, the current one you need, you left it home, but you got 15 expired ones in your car, because you got to have those. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> but you got to have them. Well, along with the 15 expired, you know, insurance cards, you got to have those too. And, right. So, um, so once you and once you find the you know got it stuffed someplace, hopefully you can find it. Make sure it works. Make sure you can get the the and start with it. Start with the the lock first. That's what I always do because it's usually the toughest. You know, a lot of them have got the splines you slide over, so it's not so bad. But some of those got the little special looks like a snake cut in the in the key. In the in, yep. the in the top of the thing, and you know you got to get it lined up there just perfect, and you got to hold it. You got to hold your tongue just right to make to get it off right. And of course, the last guy that put it on was the guy at the tire shop, and he he didn't know what a torque setting is. What he knows is impact gun, 175 psi, full blast, go. <laughs> so he ran it on, and you're out there trying to take it off with a with a four way or a lug wrench. Which is not the easiest thing to do because you're, you can't. It's got to be perfect. It's not perfect. It's going to slip out. So if you start with that one, and get it off, then you can, the rest of them aren't quite so bad. That's my recommendation. That's right. As far you as can, getting the tire up, it runner, can. <laughs> it can. It can try the best of you. And on the freeway at seventy-five miles an hour, it's really frustrating. So yes, and then it as far is. as getting. Getting the car, the tire out from underneath the car, man, I, I I don't know what engineer developed that program, but 
holding the tire up while you got with one arm while trying to reach your arm underneath the center of it to wiggle the little thing out to get it through the hole, the axle hole. You know, that's, that's right. a contortionist move. That is the contortionist move from from everywhere. I you know because <laughs> it, it is really challenging to do. And you're gonna get dirty. Unless you have a blanket or cardboard or something to lay on, even if it's on asphalt, you're going to get dirty doing this job. I get it. You know, it's, you're going to get dirty. You know, well, that's the the <laughs> the uh, that's the process of changing the tire. Don't want to change the tire? Call somebody to change the tire. Don't want to call somebody to change the tire? Call tow truck. Have a car towed. <clears throat> keep keep a towel. Paper towels, uh, they work all right. But an old shirt or old T-shirt or towel or something like that, because Jim's right, you will get dirty. I don't care how clean you keep your car because some of us, I mean, we forget that, uh, oh, on the bottom, you got to clean those tires off. You'll get that thing out and your hands will be black before it ever hits the road, before it ever gets down to where you can even change it. And then, of course, you're not going to be wearing a pair of coveralls or anything like that. You're going to be wearing your street clothes and your nice uh, shirts and your nice pants. And so, you know, keep keep in mind that uh, you can use floor mats, too, as a mat. But it's going to get grease and it's going to get dirt and stuff all over your floor mats. And those you'll have to just deal with until you can get it back home to clean up the vehicle. But... Keep a rag, uh, a towel or something in handy. You know, you can keep it. It don't weigh that much in the car, so you can carry it along. And if you if, if you do that and watch your knuckles, take a pair of gloves and put it gloves. in with your road kit. A good gloves, pair of yeah. leather gloves because the knuckles don't get scrapped up as bad when you hit the asphalt when you're trying to break a lug nut loose. Been yeah, there, done that, seen it. Gloves, yeah, is, is, gloves. It's really critical. Yeah, just even even a, a pair of cloth gloves will help you. I mean, they're not the greatest, but even you know a good pair of leather gloves is 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 a is a great deal. Um, and if you and and if you've got two inch nails, um, probably probably gonna be tough to survive with that. But seen it done. So if you got two inch nails on, be careful because they might get broke. Just saying. So. Oh yeah. <clears throat> it, it, you have all the potential in the world to go ahead and break a nail. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, then after you get the job done, let's say you got the tire changed, and one you got to put it back up under the bed of the truck. I'm not putting that darn thing back up under the bed of the truck. I'm going to put it in the bed of the truck. It's got to go to the tire shop when I find one anyway. So you set the tire just inside the tailgate, okay? What happens when you have an emergency stop? Where does that tire go? It's probably going to try to get into the cab through the back window. Slide that tire all the way up to the front of the bed in the truck. You don't care if it goes back through the tailgate, but you definitely care if that 65-pound missile comes flying through the window in the back glass. 
So, and same way on the cars, you know, you, you've got to dig, you've got to unload all your stuff out the back of the car to get your spare tire. And then while you're out changing the tire and stuff, your helpers are putting stuff back in the car so that y'all can hurry up and get off the side of the road. No, you put that spare tire, that missile inside and lock it down. So that that's one less thing that you've got coming to the front when you hit the brakes real hard. And that way you'll, you'll save on a lot of damage to you and to the vehicle and to everything forward of that, because that tire will definitely come up front. And I've seen them where they put it in, they, they'll set it on the side because it's got set it up on the side of the back end. And then they'll pack everything in against it, stuff like that. Well, that'll be secure enough. No, it won't. No, it won't. You have a big crash. Trust me, that tire's going to take off like a gun. So this, it, it's, it's a safety issue. It's something that you need to practice. It's something that you need to write down. Uh, but if you'll do just, just what I've told you, and don't get on the car when you're jacking it up, you need a little pad, too, for the jack. If you've got it, I mean, they sell them at Camping World over here, or, uh, yeah, Camping World. They sell them at, uh, like, your big box stores. And you can get a little pad about a, it's about a 10 by 10 pad or 8 by 8 pad or something like that. It'll go on the jack. And it'll keep the, give the jack a little bigger base where you could jack up. The other thing you need to know is these vehicles are not like your 55 Chevrolets where you can just slide a jack on the frame any place from the front bumper to the rear bumper you can put a jack under. That's not the case on these cars. They have jack-up points. They have extra pads put on the bottom, and you need to know where those pads are. So, you know, I know it's boring, but you need to go out and you need to kind of slide under the car and you need to find those pads because that's where the jack is supposed to go. That is heavy enough. You can't put it under the running board because you'll take the running board off. You can't put them under. You just you have to use the pads. They're little pads. They're about a four-by-four pad. has been added to the unibody or the frame. But wherever it says, and it'll show that you'd see it and it'll look totally out of place. That's a jack pad. That's where you set the jack. And then when you jack that car up and you start jacking it up, stands, jack stands are cheap. You can get the little ones. You can get, uh, I don't use little ones because I don't trust them. I get the solid cast jack stands. And I take them with me. Yeah, they're going to weigh a little bit more than a paper towel, but... It's something that if you get out and you need it and you start working on a car, that jack stand should be sitting under there and preloaded. In other words, you jack it up, put the stand under, let the car back down on the stand. And then you step back. This is before you take the tire off. You step back. You only clear the tire about one inch. And then you shake the car. You try to take it off of the jack stands. And if it don't, you're safe. And if you do, you think you're lucky stars, you repeat the process, and this time get it right the first time. And then you can take that off your bucket list because now you know how to change a tire. But 
if you don't follow your safety precautions or you get really in a big hurry, and you will when you're out on the side of the road, you'll get in a hurry. You need to know, you need to, it's just, don't take any dead burn phone calls or texts while you're doing this. Stay with your process. Get it done right. And then you're going to put the lug nuts back on. And you're going to say, huh, they come off real easy, but I, this, all of them went back on, but two, and they, they, they don't want to go on. So you're going to take that lug wrench, and you're going to put that son of a gun on because it's just aggravating you. Nope. You back it off. You can use a little saliva. You know what that is. That's spit. You put it inside that lug nut, and then you very gently put it back on the threads because the threads are going to have some debris, road debris on it from when it was driving down the road. You'll have a couple of threads there at the end where it makes it difficult to get these things back on. Take your time. Make sure you get about a thread on there with your fingers or a thread and a half, and then you use the lug wrench and see if it's going to turn on smooth. If it turns on smooth, then go ahead and proceed and tighten it up. If it don't, you back it off again because what you're doing is you're trying to cross. It'll cross-thread. It'll get on so far, and you can't move it with anything shy of a half-inch air impact or an impact gun. So don't cross-thread it on there, especially if you're on a vacation and you need that lug to get there. You've got four lugs, five lugs, six lugs, and eight lugs on these things now. Uh, if you... And also, you believe it or not, there's some of you gorillas out there that are grabbing these things and putting them on, you can break a lug nut with a star wrench on it. I have seen it done. The lug nuts are smaller. They come in about three or four different sizes now. And it'll, it'll break off. And then you're saying, okay, well, I've only got three left. What am I going to do? You're going to put the lug nuts on those three and hopefully don't break them when you do and drive it on three until you can get that lug fit. Three will hold it. On an eight-lugger, six will hold it. Um, but it's not recommended. It's recommended just get your butt off the freeway and get someplace safe where you can get this thing fixed. So keep that in mind when you're doing the, uh, the over torque. But the lugs are designed to start easy. They're, you can put them on with your fingers all the way down till it hits a rim. And then you use a cross bolt pattern. In other words, if you're going one at the top, put the one on the top. The one on the top is the first one you put on when you put a tire on a car because the way you put a tire back on the car is the top goes in first. You can line up the axle lugs to where you can see it. You can slide that thing on. As soon as you get that lug, uh, that wheel on that, go ahead and screw in that st the lug nut on it about two, three threads, four threads, two and a half will hold it. Go to two or three, put it on, then put the bottom one on. And then left left side top, right side top, and the rest of them you can put on. Don't start torquing anything down to torque specification until all of them are in place. And then you can run them up to, to the wheel starts to turn, and you just tighten them up as tight as you can get it. The wheel's going to rotate. That's all right. Then when you get them all tight, the same, then go ahead and let the jack down till the tire hits the ground. 
then put the torque on it. If you spin the tire, you got to let the jack down just a little bit more until it holds the tire. Then you run it up and you go cross pattern. You go top, bottom, right front, left rear, and you walk it around until you get them all put on, just back and forth across from the one you're working on on the opposite side. Then you can torque them down. Then you can let it down and see how much air you don't have in your spare tire. And if it looks good, it's got plenty of air in it, everything's nice and tight, then you take your jack stand, jack it back up, take your jack stand out, let it back, pull it out, Put the, let the jack, let the car down, and then you should be safe to go. Then pick up all your litter on the side of the road and put it in your trunk or your bed of your truck or inside your cab of your truck. Don't forget your floor mats. And um, you should be rolling. You should be rolling. I can't be any more plainer than that. I, I just, I don't, what do you want to add to that, Jim? Well, when you're putting the lug nuts back on before you, start putting them on <clears throat> do a quick inspection of the threads it's like jerry said you can you can tighten them up and break them off but <clears throat> sometimes they come off and they're the threads are it, the nut takes the threads with off the bolt maybe That's because right. it was put on wrong and maybe because it was put on wrong from a previous install maybe it's just rusty maybe it's just been put on and off too many times so do a quick Old inspection age. and i yeah, old age, you know, that's what happens with us, Jerry. <laughs> the, uh, I know at, at midnight, in the dark, it's hard to do, but put your flashlight on it, because, you know, you got one, because we told you to take one. Put your flashlight on there and check the threads. If the, if, if you can't put the nuts on by hand, you need to you need to reevaluate, because if, if, if they're cross-threaded or the threads are gone or the threads are, are messed up, and you're trying to put them on, you're not going to get the nut on there. You're going to get it halfway on. And a, a, a nut, a wheel nut that's loose, I think it's like a, a turn and a half, is just as bad as not having one on there because the wheel will wobble that's right. between the nut and the and the spindle. It'll start moving, and then it then it starts, it, it wears the, the the wheel out, and now, now it wears the stud out, and then it just breaks right off. And there's... Right. You know, so you got to have them perfectly tight, and if the if the threads are bad and you can't get the nuts back on there, stop. It, it's, you're not going to get anywhere. You, you can you can fight it for hours, and unless you have a shop where you can take the wheel off, take the spindle off, and put new studs in, um, you're you're not going to get anywhere. You're just going to cause yourself more headache. So do that quick inspection before you before you get those on there, and make sure you get them on there nice and tight. You know. Before you let it down, give the wheel a wiggle. Make sure that it's that you don't have it pinched. Make sure it's not on there crooked. You know, do the quick inspections right. because if you get it on there crazy, it'll you'll look like the Chevy Chase movies with the wheels going crazy. Okay, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> so you got you got to make sure that. I, and if if anybody's ever driven a car with a wheel that's that's not centered, that's not centered, you're. It, you yep. can't drive it. I mean, literally, you cannot drive it. So, but um, all, right, all right, we're coming up to the top of the hour, there, Jerry. Well, go ahead and take us out. All right, all right, everybody, coming up to the top of the hour. We'll be back in a couple minutes after this station identification. 
and words from our sponsors. Be back with us in just a minute. 